Hi, this is Jim. Welcome to another episode of Kitchen Table Adulting. Today, my guest is Maureen Watts. Hi, Maureen. Hi, how are you? Very well, thank you. Uh, Maureen is a registered dietitian, and while we're at it, I'll, I'll note her website is wattsrd.com, uh, and that'll be in the show notes. Today's topic is healthy eating, and just to set the tone for the audience here, um, we're going to talk about healthy eating uh, through Maureen's view, and um, I'm hoping that this plants some seeds. For a young adult audience, I don't think everybody's necessarily thinking about food. I know I certainly wasn't as a high school student or college student, so maybe this will just get you thinking about being more intentional with food or plant some seeds about how you view your eating habits. Is that fair, Maureen? That sounds great. Okay, so do you have an an opening statement for a young adult audience about food, or how, how would you like to begin? Oh, gosh. Well, you know, I, I, I take a lot of uh, cues from my own daughters and some of the things that they tell me that their friends are talking about as far as food is concerned is, is a little bit concerning with my background. Um, you know, I, I tend to talk a lot with folks about something called intuitive eating and uh, intuitive eating really at the core of it is just getting in tune with what your body signals are and what your body is telling you about food and and it extends to movement exercise um and self-care so it it's it's not just about the food it is about so many more things and and i think that as we make our way in the world we are getting bombarded by a lot of different food messages, dieting messages, body image messages. And, um, you know, I hope to, to make some small changes with the people that I talk to about how we view food and eating and ourselves in general. Yeah. Um, are, are, is there a sort of when you, when you think about food and young people, where, where do you, where do we start the conversation? Is it about specific foods people are eating or how much they're eating? Um, not necessarily specific foods, unless of course you have a, uh, an underlying health condition that restricts certain foods that you're able to eat um, or, you know, a food allergy, that kind of thing. Um, you know, I think as, as young adults, people tend to focus on their bodies and, and body image and, uh, you know, how that relates to food. And um, it's, it's, it's a difficult conversation to have with people who are wanting to change the way that their body looks, but then also honoring what their body is telling them. Um, there is a, a great, great YouTube video out there. Uh, it is, if you just Google the, the, the problem with poodle science, and it talks a lot about something called health at every size. And uh, it, it goes into how we're all not meant to be the same body shape, body size. We, we come in all different shapes and sizes. And, um, you know, I, I especially because this is a podcast and you all 
don't know me, um, I, I do have to admit I, I have thin white privilege. Um, so I am coming from a, a lens that may be very different from a lot of different people. Um, but, you know, I do want to put that out there that I, that's where I'm coming from. Okay. And when we talked previously, you, you come from a perspective of, I don't, I don't, I don't know that we want to say anti-diet, but you steer people away from intentional diets. Is that? I do. I would, I would absolutely use the term anti-diet. Oh, okay. Fair enough. (laughs) Yeah. All right. So let's, let's, let's talk through that for the audience then. I mean, most people, if they are overweight by any definition or just don't feel good about themselves, they probably think, oh, I need to go on a diet. So mm-hmm. if, if somebody brings that to you, what, what, is, what are your thoughts? Uh, well, you know, I, I don't jump right in and, and say, no, 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 this isn't what you should do. I try to get a feel from that person of where they're coming from. And it usually stems from um, some sort of inner turmoil that they're having. But as, as far as dieting goes, the, the research is really pointing to dieting being something that in the long run puts weight on people. So it, it has the exact opposite effect of what you are, are starting out to do. So, you know, your body, when you start restricting calories, it doesn't know that you're doing it intentionally. It, it goes into this starvation mode and starts slowing down your metabolism and really starts, um, it it can even start breaking down your, your own lean muscle. And then when, when the famine or the diet is over, your body then will go into this protective mode. Your metabolism is still slowed and it, it prefers um, putting fat stores onto your body for the next time this famine occurs. So uh, it really doesn't make a whole lot of sense from a scientific perspective. Um, it, it makes a lot of sense from a diet culture perspective because there's a lot of money in diet culture. You know, oh, there's, sure. yes. there's yeah. always some new diet fat out there. Um, that they're they're more than happy to take your money with some sort of promise that you will achieve this great dream. <laughs> yeah, although I'll say as as we're talking, and uh, you know, I just in the past, I well because it's 2020, I put on what I call the COVID 19 uh, okay. <laughs> early on in our pandemic, and then I made an intentional effort to lose some weight. So. I don't think I did it wrong, but what I, mm-hmm. what I did kind of conflicts with what you're saying. So, okay. What, well, what, so in terms of somebody who, you know, if, 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 if traditional dieting is not the answer, but somebody wants to be healthier, what, what sort mm-hmm. of recommendations can we make? Well, uh, I, I think I mentioned at the beginning, I, I talk a lot about something called intuitive eating and that really includes encompasses um, a lot more than just food. Um, so intuitive eating is, it's a, it's a concept that was really made very popular uh, by two dietitians, Evelyn Triboli and Elise Resch. And you can, you can look up um, 
all things intuitive eating at intuitiveeating.org. This is not a, a construct of mine. I get a lot of my information from, from these folks, but um, there, there are 10 principles. Uh, the first one is, is what we just talked about, reject the diet mentality. Um, the, there, we, can, we can kind of go through them if you'd yeah. like. Um, the, the next one is honor your hunger. So that goes back to listening to what your body is telling you. If you are feeling hunger, that means you probably need to get something to eat. That's not a, you know, a lot of times if you're dieting and thinking of losing weight, your hunger is something that you're fighting against. But look at your other biological body signs. Um, you know, what are other physical sensations that your body tells you that you need to do? Like when you have to go to the bathroom, your body tells you, yeah. why would you fight against that? You know, okay, this is something that I need to do. We do that, we, but we do that with hunger all the time. I'm feeling hungry. Oh, no, no, I can't eat. Okay. It tends to backfire on us. So, you know, if you ignore that hunger signal and you wait too long down the road, the tendency is to overeat. So um, if you honor the hunger in the moment, it works out better. Do, so do you favor, you know, I, I don't even know if you use the term snacking, but having some a, a small bite to eat when you feel hungry as opposed Absolutely. to starving yourself for five or six hours and then overeating. Yes. Yes, okay. absolutely. Yeah. And, that, and yeah. that, that very much makes sense to me. Mm -hmm. uh, and the, the next point I saw on the website was the make peace with food. What, are, what mm -hmm. are we talking about there? So that that is probably one of the tougher ones, I think, that, that people run into. Um, it's giving yourself unconditional permission to eat. So uh, a lot of these uh, principles merge with each other. But this one... You know, it's really looking into, do I like the taste of this particular food? Um, how does it feel in my body? So if I tell myself I can't have donuts, and I'm thinking, I can't have donuts, I can't have donuts, I can't have donuts, and then donuts are put in front of me, I might lose all my willpower, I guess you might say, and then have this uncontrollable need to eat donuts okay. but if I was really paying attention to what my body was telling me and and listening to the sensations as I'm eating I don't know do I really even like the taste of this donut maybe I do maybe I don't if I don't why am I eating it um and and yeah. how does it make me feel if I eat four donuts I'm probably not going to feel great I know, I know I wouldn't at that point with that much sugar. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it would upset my stomach. Yeah, okay. most people, most people would. Although there, there is, there is some need to aim for healthier food than donuts. Sure, sure. Um, I don't know. Have you ever found yourself on vacation where you kind of let your food rules relax a little bit, and you, you can pretty much eat whatever you feel like. And then you get to the end of the week and you're like, wow, I could, I could really go for a salad. Oh yeah. I have definitely done that. Yeah. So your body does tell you what you need. <laughs> okay. So you get to that point where, all right, I have exhausted this 
um, this long leash that I've given myself and I and eating whatever I want. Yeah, okay, it was it was maybe fun for a little bit, but I really feel better if I balance things out. I, I yeah, I, I definitely do. Of course, I'm not I'm well removed from the junk food phase of my life now, but I definitely find myself craving things like fruits and vegetables far more yeah. than than salty or sugary snacks. Sure. Yeah. And that was that was a 25 year road to get there. So I'll warn anyone you're not going to do that today. <laughs> okay. And then the the next point on on the list there was challenge the food police, which might r- reflect what I just said about donuts. Yes. Yes, it does. That's so I said a lot of these things can uh, they really go together. So um, you know, do you ever feel? like you're being good for eating a certain food or you feel like you're being bad for eating other foods. Um, you know, we put this kind of moral value on food when it really shouldn't be. I mean, and, and take into consideration, you know, people who um, perhaps don't have the means to eat organic or healthy or balanced at every single meal, you know, the, the, value menu at McDonald's, that might be what somebody can afford. So you shouldn't feel bad for eating those kinds of foods. Um, how can you, how can you reframe your thoughts about your food rules? You know, what, what are, where do your food rules come from? Um, if my food rule is, well, I've put this food on my plate, I have to eat all of it. Okay, where does that come from? Is that something that my parents taught me? Is that something that, um, you know, I I feel like I have to, I'm on this budget, I feel like I have to get the most use out of my food money. So the challenge to that would be, what are my options here? My options are either to consume this food that my body is telling me I don't really need, or I could throw it in the trash can which I don't really feel good about that because I paid for this food. Yeah. However, you know, if you're, if you're going to eat it instead of throwing it away, are you not using your body like a garbage can? So that might be, uh, you know, something that clicks in people's heads where, okay, this is, this is a food rule that I have, but does it make sense for me? Yeah. And I'm, I personally am a big fan of trying to plan uh, food consumption to, to not be in the situation of potentially wasting food. Sure. Uh, and that's also an acquired skill in terms of how frequently you do grocery shopping and how much you cook, how much you put on your plate. Um, I obviously can't share this on a podcast, but uh, I have a particular bowl in the kitchen that seems to put enough food in me. And so uh-huh. I, I, I kind of, it's, it's not a, across the board, but I kind of go by this fill the bowl, but the bowl is enough rule for a lot of meals. Okay. Which, which, you know, has worked for me. Yeah. Uh, and then I looking at the, uh, the list, uh, number five is discover your set, your satisfaction factor. Yes. So, you know, that it sometimes <laughs> with your bowl analogy, you know, you, you kind of know, or this is usually enough to, to fill me. Yep. Well, what if you had a particularly active day? What if you were, you know, 
out and about and I don't know, maybe I'm, I'm a runner. So what if I went on a long run that day and this bowl is just not doing it for me? I, I might need more. Um, and then on the other hand is if you're really tuning into the food and the way that it tastes and the way that it makes you feel, maybe it takes less food than you thought to feel like you've had enough because you're really paying attention and enjoying it and um, not being distracted by other things and, and really sitting down and paying attention. Yeah, well, and, and for me, that blends very quickly into point number six of feel your fullness. Um, now, I, I have in, in my 2020 uh, effort to lose some weight, I have adopted uh, something that works very well for me. And I you know, can't say it's for anyone else. But what I've been doing lately is I make myself a plate of food and I eat about half of it. And then I wait uh, 10, 12 minutes. Mm -hmm. I let that food hit my stomach and then I just eat the rest. It's not that I don't eat the rest, but by having the food hit my stomach, then I feel full before or start to feel full before I'm done eating. So, mm -hmm. and if that's truly just tricking myself, I'm fine with that because it works, but <laughs> you know, it allows me to feel full uh, eating less as opposed to sort of when I was 20 Somebody put a burger and fries in front of me. I'd eat it in under six minutes and then sure. potentially even still feel hungry. Sure, sure. And and also, you know, what are you doing when you're eating? Are you watching TV? Are you working on your computer? Are you playing on your phone? If you're not really paying attention to eating and what your body is telling you, you might eat a lot more than what you need. And then you walk away from the table and you're just like, oh, my gosh, I feel physically ill <laughs> um yeah and i of course the great irony being that we're actually recording this the day after thanksgiving uh, so <laughs> everything i just said i i violated yesterday but um yes there is a tendency to overeat and that's one of the things that i just want to convey to the audience is that you know we don't know you we don't know your body size or anything like that but you can start to think about being intentional about the kind of foods you eat, how much you eat, how frequently you eat. And if that sinks in at a young age, then you're further along than I ever was for sure. <laughs> uh, now, there's, there's another point here of cope with your emotions with kindness. And, and then it, and I think that might dovetail right into number eight, which is respect your body. But what, what would you say to those? Yes. So, you know, a lot of us use food as a coping skill. Um, you know, I see that a lot in, in people who end up developing eating disorders. You know, food is their main coping skill. And um, I talk with my clients a lot about self-care and what what other tools do you have in your toolbox as far as coping skills go there, there's a great uh, defini definition of normal eating by a dietitian named Ellen Satter. Um, and normal eating encompasses so many things. And, you know, it, it's, it's celebrations, it's sadness, it's eating too much because the food tastes good. It's eating not enough because we don't have enough. Um, so there are so many different parts to normal eating but 
using food as one of your main coping skills, one of your main tools is not ideal. So I look at, um, you know, a lot of times I talk with folks about you have two jars, you have your emotional jar and you have your physical jar. And when your physical jar is empty, I'm talking about food. You need fuel, you need to fill that physical jar to, to get through your day, to have enough energy. And then you have your emotional jar, which might be loneliness or sadness or happiness. And when we're filling our emotional jar with food, it doesn't go into your emotional jar, it goes into your physical jar. So your emotional jar is still empty. So we need to figure out how can I, how can I honor my, my feelings without using food? Yeah. And, and it does go right back into respect your body. You know, what, what would you be doing? You know, maybe you need a hug instead of a, a cookie or, um, you know, something comforting or warm. Perhaps oh, some yeah. other need. Also, uh, you made me think of this, and this is not necessarily uh, from from the list we're talking about, but uh, as you were talking there, I, I, I realized that a lot of people come from families where food is overserved or it's a big part of family emotion. And, yeah. uh, you know, I didn't grow up in, in that particular kind of family culture, but I know that a lot of, you know, there's certain ethnic groups or certain regions where every family event is about lots of food or, you know, the old thing of your mom saying, eat, 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 you know, as a way of sharing love and emotion, which can then set, it's not, not to bash your mom, but it might set the wrong expectation of why you eat and how much you eat. Yes, absolutely. And, and I do, especially around the holidays, work with folks on trying to set boundaries for themselves you know, you can absolutely say, thank you so much, mom. I know you made this food just for me and I appreciate, I appreciate it. I love you. I'm going to put this in a container and, and bring it to go so I can have it later too. But I'm just so full right now. I'm trying to do this thing where I'm listening to what my body tells me yeah. <laughs> and just acknowledging, yes, these people in my life, this is how they show me love. And that's okay. Uh, but I don't have to, I don't have to make myself not feel good about the food choices I'm making because my mom or my aunt or, or whoever in my life is trying to show me love. I need to be able to respect my body. I need to respect what it's telling me. Yeah, I, I agree. And uh, I'm looking at point number nine, movement, feel the difference. Now, this is, uh, this is a big one for me in my life now because I don't do a lot of formal exercise. I just, I walk, uh, sort of a fast-paced walk uh, all over town. Um, but I think it's very important that without, I think it's a mistake to do the January 1st, join the gym thing and sign up for a lifestyle that is not your lifestyle. I but agree. It, but it is important to have physical movement that burns calories. I would look more at the physical movement as, as something that makes you feel good. Um, you know, if you January 1st wake up and say, I'm going to start this new routine, I'm going to go to the gym three times a week, I'm going to run on the treadmill, I'm going to lift weights, and you absolutely hate it, that's not doing you any justice. You know, if 
if you find some sort of activity that you actually enjoy, you will look forward to it and, you know, want to move your body in a way that is, is good for you, but then also makes you feel good physically, emotionally, you know, all of the, the ways that you want to feel good, you know, I, and, and it can be a mindset thing. Um, you know, when I am out running, I try to use that as my time to just be me. Um, you know, my, my mind just kind of wanders and I, I, I enjoy it. I enjoy not having to be cleaning the kitchen or, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, living my life, my, my adult life. It's just something that I use to get outside of my life. And I, I enjoy it. That's, that's very true for me too. It's a, it's a mental therapy as much as it is activity. Absolutely. Uh, and to close out the list, we have honor your health, gentle nutrition. Yes. And what are we talking about? So with intuitive eating, a lot of folks will ask me, well, you know, this sounds like I can just eat whatever I want in whatever quantity I want it whenever I feel like it. Okay, to an extent, but you also need to, to take into that honor your body mentality that we were talking about before, um, you know, making good choices that make you feel good. Uh, if you if you were to eat or me, I'm going to put me in this. Uh, I love Snickers bars. If I were to eat five Snickers bars a day, you know, the, the king size ones, that would most likely meet my caloric requirements for the day. But I am not going to feel good. I'm going to be sluggish. I'm going to have a headache. My mouth is probably going to be all sticky and dry. So I know that I need fruits, vegetables, whole grains. You know, I know that I need these things in order to feel good physically and to promote my own health. And that's not to say, again, you know, we were just coming off of Thanksgiving where well, many of us probably ate foods that were not used to eating. And, and most of those foods, you know, the first ingredient is a stick of butter. Yes. <laughs> so, you know, that one day of that is not going to derail me for an entire year. So, um, you know, Yes, eating for health and eating for my long-term longevity, I am 100% on board with, but having one day here or there where maybe I, I don't pay as much attention, is it's not going to be the end be the end of my uh my healthy eating and my my healthy lifestyle no it should, uh, it, however you eat should not define you to the point where you can't deviate for a day absolutely not yeah, yeah. you know i have folks coming into my office all the time and talking about or in my my life outside of work people want to talk to me about food all the time and and i just you know i i go along with it for a bit and then it gets to a point where it's like, okay, your, your food and, and what you're eating is really not the most interesting thing about you. <laughs> I would like to know these other things about you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Very true. And actually just uh, another thought that popped into my head for the benefit of the audience, we have been talking about food. One thing that is, has very much come into my focus the last couple of years is you have to apply these same concepts to what you're drinking and the calories that may come with that because sure. a lot of us uh, drink more calories than we realize. 
That's very true. That's very true. And and you have to kind of look at, okay, well, why am I drinking this soda? Well, I'm a lot of people drink that for the caffeine, for the energy in it. And then you have to look at, well, am I am I taking care of myself on these other levels? Am I getting enough sleep? Um, you know, maybe I just need to go to bed a half an hour earlier and I can cut a whole soda out of my day because I'm not feeling like I need that caffeine to get me through. Yeah. And and not to ruin anyone's day, but most of the tasty beverages at Starbucks have a disgusting amount of calories in them. <laughs> so, <laughs> you've, you've been warned. Uh, <laughs> Okay. Well, uh, I think that's, that's a really helpful discussion, Maureen. I appreciate that. Um, do you have any closing thoughts on this topic before my final question? Um, you know, this, this has been a, a pretty long journey for me to get to this place as, as far as intuitive eating goes. So give yourself some time, give yourself uh, the room to explore this, to see if this is right for you. And uh, if you ever have any questions about nutrition, uh, seek out a registered dietitian. A lot of insurance plans cover consults with a dietitian. Um, oh, I did, I did not know that. That's a good yeah, point. Okay, yeah. great. We're, we're not all that scary. so. <laughs> I, I would say you're very approachable. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, um, so I do end every episode by asking my guests this question in, in the thinking across all aspects of adult life, what is, what is something you wish you had figured out before you turned 25? Oh man, that is a great question. Um, I think, I think it's really something that I talk a lot with, with my clients about is making time for self-care. Um, when I was in my younger years, I thought taking care of myself was made me a selfish person. Um, but now that I am older and wiser, I know that nobody else is going to take care of me. I need to take time if I'm having a hectic day or I'm feeling stressed out. I need to take five, 10 minutes, whatever time I have to just kind of regroup and recharge, um, you know, just going outside and taking a, a big, deep breath of air. And um, it could be taking taking a long shower when you know, at the end of the day and when you've already you don't need to you just need you just need some some time to again take care of yourself yeah and i actually for me too um when i have those moments and now i'm old enough to realize and young people never do but uh the uh, for me that also includes turning off technology and putting my phone down sure that's, absolutely uh, that's very helpful in terms of giving yourself you know 10, 15 minutes to recharge. Okay. Yeah. Well, Maureen, thank you so much. I appreciate you uh, participating in the podcast. Well, thanks for having me. It was, uh, it was a pleasure. That concludes today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. If you have any follow-up questions, you can email me at askjimkta at gmail.com or for more information, check out kitchentableadulting.com. 